0: The following broadcast is released under a Creative Commons license.
1: I believe in Jesus Christ.
0: In this episode series, our goal is to fully equip ourselves with a complete historical and cultural understanding of Jesus' I Am statements as revealed within God's Word, the Bible. While the subject matter may not be completely new ground, I have an abiding faith that any time we approach God's Word with a sincere and earnest desire to learn, we cannot help and will not fail to deepen a greater understanding and appreciation of God's nature and deity from a diligent Berean study of his word, the Bible. In our previous episode, we began a journey to deepen our understanding of Jesus' I Am statements found within the New Testament. It is my contention that these various statements clearly draw a straight line identifying Jesus's divinity and recognition as the God of the Bible, the God of all creation, the Lord of life, and the King of kings. In episode 1, we began our search with a study of Exodus chapter 3 verses 13 through 15 regarding God's revelation to Moses and by extension to his people of God's character, our name. By reminder, in Exodus chapter 3, verse 13, while Moses was communing with God in the burning bush on Mount Sinai, we read, And Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel, and shall say unto them, the God of your fathers has sent me unto you, and they shall say to me, What is his name? What shall I say unto them? Unquote. The takeaway from this is that we learn that Moses was in fact asking God about his character and not a proper pronoun. In Exodus chapter 3 verse 14, we read God's reply to Moses, quote, and God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am, has sent me unto you. Unquote. Here, in two places, we found that God was giving Moses a first person tense response regarding his character, which could best be translated as, quote, I WILL EXIST BECAUSE I WILL EXIST, I EXIST BECAUSE I EXIST, I AM WHO I AM, I AM THAT I AM, I WILL BE WHO I WILL BE, or I AM THAT WHICH EXISTS, unquote. Finally, we looked at Exodus chapter 3, verse 15, in which God repeats Himself, saying, QUOTE, HE EXISTS he is, he will be." Our conclusion was that God's response to Moses is far more in line with answering a question regarding character than it is merely to identify with a proper pronoun inquiry. Secondly, All three references and revelations by God of his character are identical in their spirit and meaning. The only difference lies in the use of the first person in Exodus chapter 3 verse 14 and the use of the third person in Exodus chapter 3 verse 15. However, whether we are talking about a proper pronoun or a revelation of someone's character, the fact is that a change in tense does nothing to affect the underlying truth and reality of the matter. For example, let's assume that my name is Mark. Alternately, let's assume that my basic character is that of Greed. Next, let's assume that I personally am going to identify myself by name or by character directly to another person. In this event, correct grammar would require that I say, quote, I am Mark, unquote, or quote, I am a greedy person. Unquote. On the other hand, let's assume that I designate you as my representative to tell another person what my name or my character is. In this scenario, correct grammar would require you to say to other people, quote, His name is Mark, unquote, or quote, He is a greedy person. Unquote. Either way, the underlying truth in reality is that my name is Mark and I am a greedy person. The only thing that changes is the tense in order to maintain correct grammar. This is exactly what we find happening between Exodus chapter three verse fourteen and chapter three verse fifteen. At this point, having finished a study of the Hebrew language and translation, we turn our attention to history and move forward with God's progressive revelation of himself. As stated, our ultimate goal is to study the various I am statements made by Jesus in the New Testament. Since all of these statements are made in Greek, Then it would be helpful to see whether or not there are any Greek statements made regarding Exodus chapter 3, verse 14 and 15. If so, then we would be in a better position to determine if there is any nexus. As it turns out, the Septuagint precisely fits the bill to bridge the gap between Hebrew and Greek. By reminder, The Septuagint is a translation of the Hebrew scriptures which was commissioned by Ptolemy II Philadelphus who was the king of Egypt. Ptolemy undertook this project in the second century BC due to the fact that the Greek culture and the Greek language had largely displaced other languages including Hebrew as the dominant language. Consequently, Ptolemy contacted the Jewish high priest who sent 70 Jewish scholars who also knew Greek to translate the Jewish Bible of that day into Greek. The result was the Septuagint, which simply means 70. Let's keep in mind that these 70 Jewish scholars would have been familiar with Hebrew. They would also be familiar with Greek further these scholars would have been familiar with exodus chapter 3 verse 13 through 15 as well as other scriptures regarding the nature and character of god at the same time no matter how well versed the scholar may be the reality is that they would have been dealing with one language hebrew which is, as stated, is a dynamic language requiring multiple words in order to fully convey the complete meaning of the original language. This problem is complicated further by the fact that using Greek to translate Hebrew has its own limitations since the Greek language had its own pre-existing cultural understanding, nuance, and limitations. This project could be analogized and compared to the challenge of taking a photograph and translating what you see in that photograph and translating those observations into one or two sentences. With this in mind, let's look at Exodus chapter 3 verse 14 and 15 and see exactly how the Septuagint translates these verses and the Hebrew words which we have already examined. Once again, the English translation of Exodus chapter 3, verse 14, reads, And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am hath sent me unto you. Unquote. When we looked at the original Hebrew, we found that the words translated as quote, I am that I am, unquote, in English were "Ehyeh Asher, Ehyeh." The best literal translation of this based upon Hebrew grammar are quote, I am, I exist, I am that I am, I will exist because I will exist, I exist because I exist, I am who I am, I will be who I will be, or I am that which exists, unquote. We likewise found that the, quote, I am, unquote, within the phrase I am has sent me unto you, unquote, is also the Hebrew word "ayeh." which is best translated as, quote, I am, or I exist, unquote. When we compare these two instances to the Septuagint Greek translation of the same Hebrew words, we find the following. The Hebrew words, quote, EYE, ESHER, unquote, are translated with the Greek words, quote, EGO, EME, HO-AN, Unquote. The second instance of a ye found in quote, I am hath sent me unto you unquote, is translated with the Greek words ho on. Now. A survey's research of the Greek words, quote, ego, I may, unquote, reveals that the best English translation is, quote, I am or I exist, unquote. Thus, ego, I, I may, is clearly a literal translation of the Hebrew word "ayeh," used in three places in Exodus chapter 3, verse 14. A survey research of the Greek words, quote, hoon, unquote, reveals that the best English translation is, quote, the being one, the one who exists, the one who is, the becoming one, or he who is, unquote. The interesting thing is that the Greek words, quote, hoon, unquote, is used once to translate the second ayeh in EYE ASSURE EYE and is then used to translate the QUOTE aie, UNQUOTE found in QUOTE "Aye HAS SENT ME UNTO YOU UNQUOTE The question then becomes WHY does ONE EYE get translated in Greek as QUOTE EGO I MAY UNQUOTE while another eye gets translated with the Greek words, quote, on. unquote. At this point, transparency and full disclosure constrains me to say that virtual debates r- are raging between scholars as to how to interpret these words and how, if at all, they apply to Jesus' I am statements the majority of the arguments hang on proper translation and grammar as to whether ego, I may, or "hoan" are proper pronouns identifying God's name. However, as I have repeated so often, if we keep in mind that Moses is asking and God is answering a question pertaining to his character rather than his proper pronoun name, then a great majority of the arguments vanish. In its place, we are left with the fact that answers our previous question. The question was, why does one, ye get translated in Greek as, quote, ego, I may, unquote, while another, ye gets translated with the Greek words, quote, hoan, unquote? The answer is that, like English, we can and often do need to use more than one word to fully translate another language. In this case, both ego, I may, and hold on" are both different Greek words which have almost, if not the exact same essential meaning. In conclusion, I would submit that the Hebrew words EYE and ewe, as well as the Greek words EGO may, and HOAN, all inevitably are words inspired by God to convey the same essential message regarding His character and not merely His proper pronoun name. In all four cases, God is saying that His character is that He exists from before time and eternity, and throughout time and eternity, irrespective of time, and that it is He, and that He is eternal without change. And in the end, how else would God, a very God, describe and identify Himself? You might be thinking to yourself wait a minute, you are building an entire theory based upon two verses. What happened to, quote, no scripture is of private interpretation, unquote? If so, I would readily admit you're right. The Bible always has to be interpreted and understood in the totality of its context. Doing an exhaustive, verse-by-verse, word-by-word study of each of the Hebrew and Greek words in question would be an endeavor far beyond the scope of the study. In lieu of this, we will content ourselves with an overview summary and select verses and words for an example. For instance, let's take the case of the Hebrew word ayeh which gets translated quote, "I am" or "I exist." Unquote. If we do a survey of the Old Testament, we find that the Hebrew word "aye" occurs 30 times in the exact same form. In looking at how the original Hebrew word gets translated in context, what we see is that there are several instances where the word gets translated as the word quote, I, unquote, wherein God is the one speaking and is referring to himself in the first person singular. In other cases, the Hebrew word ye gets translated with a word or words conveying the idea of Quote, Becoming or existing, unquote, and refers to various people such as kings or other persons, and has no connection to God or any other deity. In at least one case, the Hebrew word ayeh gets translated with the English word quote, Lord unquote, in all caps referring to God. Overall, as we look at the commonalities, what we see is that the underlying understanding of a yeh is, quote, I am, or I exist, unquote. Consequently, our survey of the word a yeh confirms that a ye is not a proper noun, but rather a statement of existential existence, and that when applied to God, that existence is continual throughout time and eternity. Next, let's look at the Hebrew word YHWH in Exodus chapter 3 verse 15, which gets translated as, quote, Lord, unquote, in all capitals, quote, Yahweh, Unquote, or, quote, Jehovah, unquote. If we do a search and survey throughout the Old Testament, we find that this Hebrew word appears over 3,800 times. A closer look shows that this word is exclusively translated by the word, quote, Lord, unquote, in all capitals. Once again, however, we must ask whether the translators are assuming that Yiveh is a proper pronoun identifying God because of Moses' question and the incorrect belief that the Hebrew word, quote, Shem, unquote, means name or character. Clearly, depending on which way one interprets the word Shem, then the answer to Moses' question dictates whether Yewe means a proper pronoun or if it refers to a character, in this case, quote he exists, he is or he will be unquote. Moving to the Greek, we look at the word. Quote, ego I may, unquote, used in Exodus chapter 3, verse 14, which translates the Hebrew word ayeh and gets translated to English as, quote, I am, unquote. The words ego I may appear 169 times in the Septuagint. A survey of these show that ego, I may, is translated typically in one of three ways. In the first case, ego, I may, is translated as simple self-identification. For example, I might ask, quote, are you the one who baked the cookies, unquote? If so, I would then answer, quote, I am. Unquote. In the second case, the one who is doing this self identification is God. For example, God speaking, quote, I am the Lord thy God. Unquote. In this case, the ego I may is directly attached and associated with God, and in fact, I am is synonymous with God. Lastly, ego, I may, is translated and placed into context with the subject of the sentence, usually God, in order to tell us that God is the one who, quote, exists from all eternity, irrespective of time, unquote, which is what the basic definition of ego, I may, conveys. Now, in the case of the second and third instances, it is not uncommon to see the translators capitalize the English, quote, I am, unquote, because they, in fact, recognize that the language, grammar, and context requires this. Regarding the Greek ego, I may, there are several notable examples which deserve mention. The first is Isaiah chapter 43, verse 25, which says, quote, I, even I, am he that blotteth out thy transgressions for mine own sake, and will not remember thy sins. Unquote. Here, the phrase, quote, I, even I, am he, unquote, in the original is, Ego I may, Ego, I may. Literally, this should be translated as, quote, I am, I am, unquote. This combined with the proclamation that God, as I am, will blot out transgressions and forget our sins, draws an unmistakable straight line to Jesus, who is historically the one, the I am, who is making final atonement for our sins. Even more interesting is Isaiah chapter 45, verse 19, which says, I have not spoken in secret in a dark place of the earth. I said not unto the seed of Jacob, Seek ye me in vain. I, the Lord, speak righteousness. I declare things that are right." In this verse, the focus is on the phrase, quote, I, the Lord. Unquote. In the Hebrew, the original is Yiweh, which, as you may recall, is the third person meaning quote, He is, He exists, He will exist, unquote, and gets traditionally translated as the proper pronoun name of God, quote, Yahweh. Or Jehovah, unquote. As we look at the Greek translation of the same phrase, quote, I, the Lord, unquote, the Greek words are, quote, ego, I may, ego, I may, kurios, Just for information, kurios means Lord. Thus, the Greek would literally be translated as, I am, I am Lord. This series of translations clearly makes the case that the Hebrew yewe and ego, I may, can and are in the proper context identical and are synonymous with identifying the eternal God. Isaiah chapter 51, verse 12, is another which says, quote, I, even I, am he that comforteth you. Who art thou that thou shouldest be afraid of a man that should die, and of the son of man which shall be made as grass? Unquote. Once again, the phrase quote, "I, even I am He" unquote, are a translation of the Greek words quote, "ego I may, ego I may." Unquote. Next up is the Greek phrase or words "ho on," which appear in Exodus chapter three, verse fourteen. By reminder, Exodus chapter three fourteen reads, quote, And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am hath sent me unto you. Unquote. Inserting the Hebrew words into the verse, we read, quote, And Elohim said unto Moses, A. asher Eyeh. And he said, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, Ayeh has sent me unto you. Unquote. A literal translation would be, quote, And God said unto Moses, I am, or I exist, or I will be because I am, or I will be because I am, or because I exist. And he said, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am or I exist, or I will be, hath sent me unto you, unquote. Then we look at the Septuagint, which translates these Hebrew words into Greek, which reads, quote, And God said unto Moses, Ego, I may, on, And he said, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, on, hath sent me unto you, unquote. So, as we survey the Septuagint of the Old Testament for the Greek words, holon, used in Exodus chapter 3, verse 14, what do we find? The phrase or words, holon, are only used twice in the Old Testament. Once, here in Exodus chapter 3, verse 14, and once in 1 Kings chapter 16, verse 22. 1 Kings chapter 16, verse 22 reads as follows, quote, But the people that followed Omri prevailed against the people that followed Tibni, the son of Gidnath. So Tibni died, and Omni reigned, unquote. Now, the really interesting thing here is to remember that there are numerous scholars who are adamant in demanding that the Greek phrase or words, on" are in fact the real words or the phrase, which are the only words which can or should be translated as God's name or title, the only problem for this theory is that when we look at First Kings chapter 16 verse 22, where the Greek words "H do appear. What we also see is that nowhere in First Kings chapter 16 verse 22, does any reference to God appear? What we do see is that in context there was a struggle between Tibni and Omri, both of whom were vying for the position of king. In verse 22, we are told that ultimately Omri prevailed in becoming king. As a reminder, the words or phrase quote, Ho'an, unquote, means quote, the being one the one who exists the one who is the becoming one or he who is unquote. as we look at first kings chapter 16 verse 22 and the use of ho in the greek it is clear that ho refers to omni who is the, quote, becoming, unquote, king, who has prevailed over Tidney. This is very strong proof that On is not exclusively a proper pronoun name for God, but instead, depending on context, can also be synonymous with, quote, I am, unquote, and the character of God, which is existence without end. This then concludes our survey of the Old Testament looking at the various Hebrew and Greek words related to Exodus chapter 3, verse 14 and 15. Based upon this review, we see that Moses was asking a question of God in Exodus chapter 3, verse 13, inquiring, primarily about God's character and nature. A review and comparison of the various Hebrew and Greek words, how they relate, their context and usage throughout Scripture, further support the conclusion that God answered Moses and provided information as to God's nature and character. The various Hebrew words ye, "asher," and EWE, as well as the Greek words EGO, may," and HOON, all point to the underlying truth that God's character and nature is one of constant and eternal existence, irrespective of time. The ultimate confusion and debate regarding these terms seems to initiate itself from the unfortunate dual understanding of how the english word quote, "name" unquote is to be defined and understood as stated One superficial definition would be to limit the definition of the word quote-unquote name to one or more words which represent a proper pronoun which identifies someone and what to call them. The other, as the original Hebrew word quote-unquote Shem, from which we get the word quote-unquote name, literally means is quote character." Depending on which foundation we choose, all of the various Hebrew and Greek words diverge in meaning and implication in two directions. My proposal is that all of these terms refer to God's nature and character, and only secondarily, if at all, Do they represent an actual proper pronoun identifying God by any one quote-unquote name which any human can call Him? For the time being, this concludes this episode. Please join me for part three. Now, if you have any questions about God, the Bible, or the Christian faith, please don't hesitate to send me an email at pastor-yeshua at yahoo.com. That's p-a-s-t-o-r underscore y-e-s-h-u-a at yahoo.com. Thank you for listening
1: know that He has found me. Christ the rock is my foundation. I will trust in Him. I will trust in Him. I will trust in